What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kind of Funny Games cast review of Half-Life Alex. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller. Alongside me, Irish Cream, Danny O'Dwyer. Good to be back. How are things? Uh, you know, they've been better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, How are you surviving, Danny? Because I enjoy that we we came in, we got you on Discord, obviously. If you're an audio listener, you've missed all of our stuff. Obviously, kind of funny is working from home. No clip is working from home in the midst of this pandemic. However, you and I got together here and have not talked about life at all. So it's been a long time since you're on kind of funny, Danny. Bring me up to speed. Yeah, it's weird because I moved back to the Bay Area maybe, God, I don't know, four or five months ago. And we've been like threatening about like, oh, we need to get together how we can collaborate again. Yeah. And then it's like one of those things where, oh, we'll do it next month. Oh, we'll do it next. And then no chance of crossing the bridge now for a while. Yes, <laughs> so exactly. So you might as well be out of the East Coast again. Exactly. But it's, it's been great. We're living out here. I've got a, 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 I came back with a daughter. Um, uh, don't, tell, don't tell her parents that we stole her. Uh, she, <laughs> she hasn't seemed to notice. So I think we're good. She uh, likes you it's, better. It's fun. Exactly. And I don't know. It's a, yeah, it's good. I feel like video games came at the right time between this, Doom, and Animal Crossing. Uh, plenty of ways to escape for a little while, you know? That's right. Yeah, and that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Half-Life Alex is finally out today. This is your review of it. Uh, what's going to happen is we're going to treat it kind of like we used to do a spoiler cast for the kind of funny movie stuff. So it'll be spoiler-free in the beginning. Then we will take a, a little bit of a talk of walk down memory lane about Half-Life and then a hard cut of like, now we're going into the spoiler stuff. Don't listen until you've beaten this part. But before then... Let me remind you, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast. Each and every week, we get together to talk about the things we love about video games. If you love that, you should head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where you can, of course, support us, get your questions read on the show, get your topics read on the show, but most importantly, get the show ad-free along with the exclusive bonus post show we do only on patreon.com slash games. If you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can head over to youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe each and every week to see what we're talking about in the world of video games. Uh, hard to give you ever a, hey, here's what the date that the show goes up because we try to hit review embargoes like this. Last, yeah. week, you had, last week you had two. There was two in Animal Crossing. <laughs> now there's this one on a Monday. Who knows what's going to happen? All I know is that we couldn't do it without you. And speaking of that, thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed, a.k.a. Momo. James Hastings, Evan Ballard, Steven Insler, Sancho West Gaming, Duval King, Jabub, Cody Banks, the secret agent, Trent Berry, Max Blair, Julian, the gluten-free gamer, Tom Bach, Nano Support, Michael Bradley, and Joseph O. Youssef. We love and appreciate each and every one of you. Today, we're brought to you by Honey, but I'll tell you about that later. Danny O'Dwyer. Oh, boy. Half-Life Alex. Man. Spoiler-free. What do you think? Uh, I I completed it last night, and I swear to God, I, I couldn't sleep for like two hours. Just like thinking about, I'm a huge Half-Life fan. I've yeah. completed Half-Life 1 and 2 multiple times. This was like important to me in lots of ways. And if you asked me halfway through how I felt about it, I'd be like, it's getting there. It's yeah. like, it's, it's, it's taken a lot of time to teach me how to play this game. But by the end, I was like, they they did it like i they actually pulled it off this this was this feels both in terms of scope and length and uh gameplay style and pacing this just this felt like a half-life game it doesn't feel like a spin-off and then by the end you're like oh this is this is totally like an essential part of the half-life experience I mean, that I think is can't be understated enough and it's something we'll delve into for sure in spoilers. But yeah, this is 
not a spinoff at all. This no. is very much core to this Half-Life story and universe. And it's interesting, and what, what I'm going to be excited to dig in with you about in this is that I've never completed a Half-Life. All right. Uh, when Orange Box came out uh, and I was at IGN, I remember getting it on 360 and trying it. And it, none of the games, even then, they were a little bit old. So they just didn't work for me. It didn't click for me. I didn't like driving around. I didn't like the combat. So I respect, obviously, the storytelling of it, but never ever got invested in it. So for me, I came at Half-Life Alex very much as I love VR. I love my PlayStation VR. I love my Oculus Quest. I, you know, the fact that Valve was willing to basically make a headset for this game and say that, <laughs> hey, we believe enough in VR that we are going to give you a full-fledged VR game with arguably, in terms of our fans at least, our biggest franchise, right? The thing that drives home what Valve is and who it is. Uh, I came in like, okay, cool. What is a general VR person going to think about this? And I was, I'm there with you of, I started it. And in those first opening things, it was like, okay, cool. This is a VR game. Okay, cool. And, and then there'd be the little things you'd get. And like they'd drop in a new piece of gameplay or a new piece, a new tool or a new tech. And it was that thing of like, it built on itself over and over and over again to the point that I don't, you know, I think that when they came out and were like, hey, we're going to do a VR game, all eyes were on them. And there was a lot of hyperbole that if they're doing this, they're going to revolutionize VR. They're going to change the way we think about VR games, so on and so forth. I don't think that happened. I think that this is a really great game. I, when, I, when I take off the headset and I would either talk to Jen or talk to somebody else that's kind of funny about it, what I would say is, this is a hell of a game. Like, this is, a, this is, like, to your point earlier, this is a game. Like, it isn't a VR experience. It is very much like you are playing this game. And I know, and if you, I'm sure that makes sense. If you're watching this, you know a little bit about VR, right? But it was that thing of the more and more they added to it, that it is a really great game throughout. And then what we'll talk about in spoilers, for me personally, there are two major moments where you're like, oh, these are extraordinary. Right. This is what takes it above and beyond my expectations. For, for me, I think uh, the, uh, the issue with a lot of these v games, especially um, VR stuff, is that they spend a lot of time having to teach you how to play the game. Yeah. And what I really liked about Half-Life Alex is that it, it does do, there are some things that definitely borrows from other VR games, but it's doing a lot of new things. Um, the way, like the combat, I think, is a really good microcosm of this, and I think it's helpful that a game like Doom Eternal has just come out because there's a bit of common ground there. Where um, Doom Eternal is a game where you, when you play it at the start, you're taking on one or two different enemies, and you've got maybe one or two different weapons, and then by the end of that game, you are taking on you know twenty something demons, often at the same time with a menagerie of weapons with upgrades, but and you get to that stage, you can't play that final level without having learned. Uh, the, the the foundations of the combat. And Half-Life Alex to me is the same way where the first half of the game is very experiential. Uh, it's novel. You know, I like playing VR as well. I've, I've had a Vive since maybe the f six months after that came out and I have an index now. Um, and I've played a lot of first person games. This one in terms of just playability and quality is amazing throughout it's it it has that sort of seamlessness that you get with playstation vr titles where they just kind of work they know yeah. their constraints and they work and granted i'm playing on the index i'm not necessarily playing on um you Quest know link or anything like that yeah i've got like the finger tracking and all that so it all yeah. kind of works and the haptic feedback great point yeah. to point out but before i let you go i was playing on index as well 
Right. Uh, I played the first half of this in a very in the studio. So I had like 20 by 20 feet or something. And then I played the, the last half maybe uh, here, which is like nine by 10 feet in this uh, sure. small little spare room we have here in my house. When, when um, you were in the studio, were you using the space, like actually traversing totally. around? Totally, really? totally. And it was awesome because especially in those early levels, you're doing a lot of um, walking around uh, different uh, apartment buildings and stuff like that, exploring. Um, uh, I, I was really enjoying it. But my, my sense is that at the start, it sort of needed to ease me into it that way. Because sure. by the end of the game, some of the like the set pieces were, they really reminded me of Half-Life games of old. In fact, you having not played those games, I wonder how much of a different experience it was because there are so many levels that are either direct references or it's very like beautifully designed nods to famous levels not just from half-life 2 but also from the first half-life there's one actually when you completed it the, the pop-up it gives you is basically a reference to that level again oh yeah um, uh, and uh, yeah i i think it's absolutely magnificent i think if this game came out three three years ago we would be saying it was the revolutionary 100 or uh what do we call it the 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 killer app right yeah i don't i don't know if that app exists anymore because we know what vr is but in yeah. terms of a vr game i think it's quality as a VR experience is, and we're probably talking about the same, there's one or two levels which are so good and you could not have done in any other way except VR. Um, and in terms of a Half-Life game, I think it's toe-to-toe with with Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2. I, wow. I, I don't think it has that same revolutionary moment like you had with Physics in 2 or you had with, I guess, like... Uh, contemporary storytelling in one but i also think 2020 we there aren't that many big pillars to knock down anymore i think this game does a lot very good instead of one thing that no one's done before and i think yeah as a a sort of a sum of its parts i think it, it by the end i was like oh they totally did it like this is this is a fantastic addition to half life yeah, Gridley Bear wrote into patreon.com slash games just like you can and says, how do, or does Half-Life Alex set the bar in any design fashion aside from VR in a way that is revolutionary like the previous iterations? And so you would know that better. I, I would think I'm with you, though, again, of entering into this right blind, basically, of the Half-Life universe, but knowing it's Valve, knowing it's VR, you're nailing it when you talk about quality. It's like, right. I, and I know it sounds goofy, right? But everything in there i feel i i see like the amount of times that i would literally pull up my hand and in game look try to look at my real world watch and i'm like oh no like the tracking is so good on the index yeah. uh the visuals on the are so good the the levels themselves like the amount of times where uh, it was when i'm saying it's a hell of a game i'm saying it's it's bringing out every part in me that I think defines me as a gamer and pulls me to games where it was like, all right, I think that's the door they want me to go through. So I'm going to go down this hallway. What can I, can I get more resin here to upgrade my stuff? Are there going to be more mags over here? And to your point of how they ease you into it and it does become second nature. Like that's what I noticed last night. And then none of this is spoilers, obviously, but like, you know, you have gravity gloves and stuff you've seen from the demo. So it is like, Oh, there's ammo over there. And you know, you pull it, you grab it, you put it in your backpack and I'm already looking somewhere else. Where it was all second nature of how to do all that. And when you sit there and look at that, the sum of its parts, you're like, oh, man, like I went on a journey in this game that really was 
so it was the frog in the pot right by the time we were boiling i didn't even realize it totally yeah you, you find moments in like my favorite vr first person shooter up until now has been super hot vr um, Great and i've played a load like i'm playing what is it not not tarkov but the other one that's called i forget what it's called the super the one that everyone's playing at the moment in vr uh, I a bunch of, I, no i can't remember the name it's not everyone who knows it's not tarkov it's something like that oh um, I'm, I'm unfamiliar i'm sure people will know they're putting the comments um, no, man, i can listen to this guy's review <laughs> and it's it's one of these games a lot of these games are very like hands-on with the um mechanics of guns for instance right they're, they're yeah. kind of hands-on with that stuff and what i like is that half-life alex lands a really good middle ground between making sure that each gun has its own way of being loaded like the pistol you need to pop out the old cl- clip grab a new clip, put it in, and then basically like climb the chamber, right? Yeah. You can also, if you want, you can actually pop the bullets out of the chamber and then you can up- get upgrades that, you know, make it like a triple shot and stuff. But God you're not forced it, I never to pop the bullets out of the chamber. That's I something. did it accidentally once. It was like, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Um, but For me, it was the shotgun of like, you load, load it up, shake it in, and like I'm ready to go. Totally. And by the end, like you're doing so many actions Whereas super hot worked because there was a lot of the slow motion kind of gave you that fidelity. In this thing, you're doing it at normal speed where you're, you know, catching a grenade midair, throwing it, grabbing a syringe, sticking the syringe in your stomach and pressing the button or in your arm or whatever. I always went chest. Um, I always um, went abdomen. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Right in there. Like the Pulp Fiction style, right? Um, uh, You know, reloading a gun, realizing you're out of bullets because Alex said it. Like she does a lot of really good, like letting you know last round. Three bags left. Yeah. Three max left, right? I It wasn't until I was maybe halfway through the game that I realized there were no waypoints in this game, which has always been the case for Half-Life, like expert level design. But there's no nothing. All the interface in this game is diegetic. Anything is like, you know, on your hands, you've got your like simple UI. Um, if you, The only menu you use is to basically go back and do settings and load the game or anything. Even that yeah, you can yeah. do really fast. You can just pop it and hit save game. It's almost like a quick save on PC. So everything is in the world and it's... It's just so brilliantly designed because you never were used to jank in VR games. You kind of have to play VR games in spite of themselves sometimes. You have to like look past it. And I'm not saying this game like every once in a while something will, will act out a little bit weird or if you try and pick up bodies, they don't feel heavy and stuff like that. That's just like VR, right? And that, like, that, that was my thing, not to stop you in your yeah. tracks, is like when we're talking about revolutionary and does it, you know, push VR forward? And I think it pushes in terms of level design, yes. In terms of this is a real game, you know, it's a hell of a game. It's a game, you know, I spent a lot of time in VR for, right? Like 10 plus hours. I'm not sure what my final run was. But it is that same thing, yeah, of like, Yep, I'm in VR and I'm trying to grab, am I grabbing the body wrong? Like, then there'd be like the drum and I'm trying to move, is this a drum I can't lift or I can't? Right. The, the same problems I have with when I'm playing um, Blood and Truth on PlayStation VR, right? Those little things, you're like, oh, that's still there. Now, again, Blood and Truth, one of my favorite PlayStation VR games, this is a so this is such a big step beyond that into making that world feel fleshed out and hiding itself, I think, hiding the seams better than other VR games have too. Yeah, it's funny. I think there is this desire, um, especially when it comes to a game like this where there's so much expectation, right? There's this desire for it to be that sort of um, bridge that brings us into a new reality for a genre or something. To me, I think this game is something more akin to uh, the way World of Warcraft was World of Warcraft was um, received in that World of Warcraft was doing nothing revolutionary. There was nothing in WoW that Ultima Online hadn't done. There was nothing in WoW that other, you know, pen and paper role-playing games or or, or more deeper, uh, you know, dungeon crawlers were doing or online games. But what World of Warcraft did is that it did all of them 
perfectly and also it was uh, as a product was glossy and looked good and i yeah. think that's that's what this one this, that's kind of what this feels and i think the other thing that half-life alex does is it ratchets up the pace in a way that i've never seen a, for a vr game do well and you know there are elements of it that they have to crank back like the ai for instance isn't the smartest they're often not you know taking cover the right way all of these things you kind of need to do in vr because otherwise it just becomes impossible right and that was my thing dude of like where i was like oh this is a really great vr game and i say that because it was i think the exploration i think the level we both love that we'll talk about later was so well done but when it was combat yeah it was guys ran around and it was few and far between where i died in combat it was usually that i died like i fell off of something a, a monster got me that i didn't see when i'm in the gunfights it's very much to your point that they come and they kind of plant in areas and it was like cool i can get down and i can figure it out i can run back i can do all there was a it, it was like what you're saying they weren't trying to you know swarm me or flush me out or do whatever and we i was playing on normal i assume right like i i, I can't remember it so long ago when i actually picked it <laughs> i definitely picked the default normal difficulty i'm sure i could have cranked it up but i don't know if it would have made them smarter and also for me the combat right wasn't what the game was about it right. was that yeah. wasn't why i was playing this i wasn't it for the story i wasn't it for the journey i wasn't for the visuals so when that stuff got there i enjoyed it enough i enjoyed the guns and you know for the most part with a, a head crab or whoever or a leggy coming at me i was like yeah all right cool i got this i don't need to worry about it yeah i think uh the thing that sort of always separated half-life from other shooters was that half-life is a game that has puzzles and also the combat is a puzzle in that there is a uh there's an obvious way of killing things where you can just shoot them all in the head if you want to but if you lean into the way half-life is designed there's always environmental stuff that you can you can use to your advantage yeah. and given the sort of uh increased amount of I guess, choice that virtual reality gives you in a world where you're able to pick up everything because you can literally pick up everything in this game. Um, there were some really like novel, interesting things you could do. Like I remember there was this one level where, you, for, for instance, you can only pocket like two items at a time, but there's nothing stopping you from just like collecting a bunch of them, throwing them into the next room. So you have <laughs> putting them in a box and carrying the box in. And I remember doing that a bunch of times um, or throwing some down below so I know I could go down there and, and get them later. Um, there, there's loads of like that type of thing, like f- placing things in certain spots or, you know, throwing uh, flaming barrels or placing them. Or I found that I, I the more I sort of like played with it, um, and this reminds me of the first time I played Half-Life, where the way I first played the first Half-Life, it took me like three months to complete because every set piece combat fight I'd have, I would reload and try it a different way. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to going back and playing Alex on a harder difficulty because there's some of them where, for the sake of the embargo, I was just kind of getting through it. Sure. But I would have loved to have um, uh, played around a, a little bit more. So I want to get some reader questions in here that sure. are non-spoilery before we get to spoiler casty territory. And actually, before I even do that, bring me up to speed. So sure. what is your half-life story? Because I don't have one, right? Like you've heard it. I played Orange Box and I was like, yeah, I'll play Portal. Portal's more fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the first half-life came out before we had a pc and my brother we got like a cracked version for my brother's uh college network it took him like a month to bring it down because he had it on like one zip disc every time Um, (laughs) and i fell in love with it It was it was the you know people talk about halo or perfect dark or goldeneye is their big fps game half-life was my favorite game ever and when the second one came out i took a week off college i played it to death i played counter-strike source for years i played team fortress for years Um, and then when we did no clip i wanted to do something for the 20th anniversary 
of the season uh, of the game coming out, which was uh, November um, 1998 is when it came out. Um, and we did a whole documentary about it and Valve never got back to us. So we, we just kind of did it anyway. So I, I have basically completed Half-Life almost every year since Half-Life 2, almost every year since it came out in 2004. I did a I did a half marathon in, in San Francisco and raised money by completing all of the Half-Lives in a row. I can literally, I used to, when I was in high school, I used to, imagine when i was i used to do like after school study and i'd be so bored and i used to play through the first half-life in my head like <laughs> i know these games more than i know any game um and i think for people who are like super fans of half-life even just seeing like a new type of like enemy because there's loads of new enemies in this and there's loads of new context for areas you've been in and there's references like the backstory that uh reese darby's character russell and alex have where he's talking about um the world before all of this all that stuff it's Dude. just it fleshes out the universe in a way that was just like i was starving for it and they were like here's a buffet of new half-life gorge and again like right like what what a bunch of performances so good it, uh, alex is so good russell is so good like everybody in this game is bringing it and to your point yeah i've like I don't even like club sandwiches, but the way he describes a club sandwich at one point in that game, like, fuck, I want that. And it's such a great setup to what where they are in the universe, right? Because yeah. again, for this game, this game, as somebody who's coming in as not a Half-Life person, and I thought about doing like the, oh, I should watch like a, you know, a, the 20 right. minute, like Half-Life in review. And I was like, you know what? No, because this is rare for me to jump into a game and not have source material. And so the game... Nice as an outsider does not hold your hand and it does not give you like here's the story so far it is very no. much like drop in and i'm like oh these soldiers are hey, hold, oh they're they're not they're aliens they're from oh dimensional okay uh i got it and then it's like what what was life before i'm like okay i understand where we're at now and it's piecing it all together and by the end i got it and we'll get to all that in a little bit all right uh but it was interesting of in the start of it i was like shit they're not going to give me that so will i be anchored to these characters will i care right. and the back and forth, you know, Russell being the person in your ear the entire way is so good. That And, like, I laughed out loud so many times. <laughs> Me too, and yeah. Like, and it's not like they're swinging for the fences trying to make a million jokes. You laugh at uh, 2% of them. Like, they're just really good at the dialogue making you care. Yeah, I know Eric Wolpaw was involved in some respect in this. I'm not sure if Jeff Falsek was, but it is that sort of portal level of humor that you're getting from them. Um, in a way that Half-Life 2... Uh, who is the comic relief, relief character and that was largely Dr. Kleiner and it lands way heavier than anything he ever said did. It's like, it's so much more of a fun, funny story. And I guess it kind of can be because for anyone who's played Half-Life, you ultimately kind of know where these characters end up, right? Because this happens, I think it's five years before um, the events of Half-Life 2, uh, before the arrival of, of Gordon Freeman in the train at the start of Half-Life 2. So it's you know it's hard for them to create dramatic tension in that yeah you know exactly but they but they but you know so for a while you're sort of meandering through the game you have that pull to like uncover something but at a certain point you actually do get that and it, it ends up working really well um so then what have the last 17 years 13 years 13, 13 years so what have they 2007 i got to put them in the wrong place <laughs> what have the last 13 years been like for you a half-life fan um, like a lot of replaying the old games, a lot of uh, <laughs> cautious optimism. Uh, I mean, they're pretty good games to have to replay in fairness. Um, a, a lot of just like, how do they get themselves out of this sticky problem? Because 
and especially after spending so long going to studios and talking to people, when you lose people, you, you lose that institutional knowledge and you, you lose the desire to make a sequel. At what stage do you have new hires make a sequel, like the third chapter of a trilogy? It just doesn't work. Like trilogies are really difficult. Star Wars is a really good example of once again, they've sort of you know dropped the ball on that. It's, that it's, one, right? it's hard to stick a landing. The Matrix, one of my favorite series ever, right? It's really difficult. How would you go back and do it after 13 years? Um, we won't. Well, spoilers. We'll we'll keep a lot of that yeah, chapter yeah, yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But 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 it does. Uh, you know that to me was the big sort of thing. Was like, will this connect up in any way that'll that'll feel good or or you know when they make eventually make a Half Life, will it be at Episode Three or will it be something that's just kind of like a make good? You know what I mean? Sure. So I wasn't sure what this would end up being uh, when I started. Yeah, I was wondering, what were your expectations coming into Alex? I thought it would be shorter. I spent 11 to 12 hours in this, and I feel like I, I scuttled through a couple of those parts. Uh, so I was really surprised. Episode 2 is five hours long. It's, no, 2 is six hours. Five is Episode 1 is five hours. Half-Life 1 proper is about 12, uh, and Half-Life 2 is about 15. So this is actually closer to the length of a mainline Half-Life game than it is one of the episodes. So I think that really took me by surprise. I wasn't expecting... Well, I wasn't expecting a lot of things, which we'll talk about later. Uh, in terms of the... Uh, it's so hard. Um, I know, I know. You're doing a great job. Uh, I think I was expecting it to be a smaller in terms of story, in terms of scope, in terms of uh, even distance. Half-Life games have always been these road trips where you end up um, doing a lot of walking. Uh, and I'm you, like in this one, you do a lot of walking both in the game and physically just because um, of, of, of how long the game is in VR. But it, it ends up being very similar. You know, Half-Life 2 is a game where it's a huge road trip. There's literally a road trip part in it. Um, there's a part on an airboat. Uh, you, you go to a different city, uh, Ravenholm. You go to Nova Prospect. You end up coming back to City 17. It's, it's a big long but but connected uh story right it has day night cycles you play it in one big chunk and it's the same with this one i, I was really shocked i thought this might be chapters or interesting bits and bobs sure. but it's not it's the same thing it's it's one whatever i don't know 36 hour long period or something uh and 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 it's a road trip the loading screens which i actually don't have footage of because when you capture the game it doesn't show those parts for some reason but the loading screen is literally like a, a holographic map of where you have been and those are the ones that fans used to draw after uh the half-life games would come out they try and piece together where everything was um so it in many ways uh at the like i said at the start it doesn't necessarily feel like a half-life game it feels like a vr game that they've they've made in city 17 but yeah. The longer I traveled in it and the more I explored and the richer the story got, I was like, oh, no. It Almost like they didn't want you to know that at the start. Almost like that they were being really conservative with expectations so that they could crescendo to that moment. And it totally pulled, they pulled it off perfectly for me. Well, anyway. well, that was the thing, right, of like the moment, and I can't place it, but the moment I realized that the loading screen map was tracing my journey, I was like, oh, that's cool. And so by the end, when you've taken this, long ass right. journey to the destination <laughs> it is that thing of like man look at everything i've accomplished and mm. look at how far i've come and it is there are you know it's what you're talking about there are no punches pulled it is very clear that's where you started and this is where you are like you see how that went and i was like that's really cool like that's right. a great way to do it 
Um, like I said, I want to get a couple of reader questions in Go that aren't spoiler or freeze. Brandon, so you know, at the beginning of the month, we have to put out, hey, we're going to review these games this uh, uh, month. <laughs> and so people write in with their questions. Brandon put this one in, and I used it on Animal Crossing, but I'm also going to use it here. And I think somebody used it on <laughs> Doom. But Brandon asks, simple question, is it a game of the year contender? Yeah, 100%. Yeah? For me, for me, and I've completed Doom Eternal, um, and I haven't booted Animal Crossing yet, but that's, you know, I'll, that's not my type of game anyway, but I'll, I'll enjoy it. But yeah, yeah, for me, for me, this is 100%. Contender. Yeah, it's, it's difficult because the most, the most disappointing thing about Half-Life Alex is that fewer people will get to play it. Right. It's, yeah. And I think that in terms of game of the year contention, I think that comes into it as well. Especially in the sort of for sure, right? Yeah, yeah, and especially in the sort of economic conscious world we live in today, it is difficult to 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 have because it's a significant buy-in. It's not just the VR stuff; it's also a computer that's able to play it, right? Yep. So I, I see that being a barrier for it. But in terms of just pure gameplay quality, one hundred percent. It's it's it has one of the levels is one of the best first-person levels that I think either of us has played in, in years. Um, Agreed, for sure. It, it has some fantastic moments in there, for sure. It's interesting. I don't think it is. I think for play, uh, VR VR game of the year, for sure, like, obviously. But I think, <laughs> like, for me, it's, like, the little things of the fact that it is still a really great VR game is what I think holds it back overall. Now, that's not to take away from it. I loved it. I had a great time. This is a really great game, period. But it is the thing of like the AI not being that great, like when we get in fights, right? The few tech problems I did have, my own personal frustrations of PC gaming, which is my own fault for just having a PC that really never gets used but could do it. But this, like, and somebody else wrote in, by the way, too, about um, did you try Quest Link? That was my original plan before Valve for review sent an index. Right. And so I had the cable and I had the thing, and I, I was like, you know what? I should try both. And the PC I have is like out of storage because Alex is huge. And yeah, I was not been. I was not prepared to like, try, especially as this pandemic hits to order a hard drive and put it in. I'm like, I'll let it slide on how it runs on Quest. I have no idea. So there's that was one of those questions there. But it's like VR game of the year. Of course, I don't I don't. It's when you think about it and the amount of time I put into it and the fact that it's a real ass game and the things they do with that level, the things they do with the story. It's like I can easily see it. But overall, like to so many other different degrees. I mean, granted, we have to see what else comes out this year and how well they all, you know, mm. how what is Cyberpunk going to play like? What is Last of Us going to play like? I th- I'd be impressed if it made it that far. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's difficult to decouple myself from my um, love of the franchise and not just sure. like from a fandom perspective, but there's lots of um, kind of like, they're almost like untangibles that this game delivers on that the original one did. Like... Um, like the music and the uh, atmosphere and just the, like there are ways in which this game really aggressively echoes the way Half-Life 1 and 2 play, but yeah. without being derivative, which mm. to me felt like it just, um, you know, w- whenever we talk about games and how we like them, we tend to try and like latch onto these relatively either objective things that we like about them or these very subjective things. But there's, there's something about like the aesthetic and feel of that game which I totally vibe with, and a lot of people do. And it nailed that Half-Life vibe in a way that, like, it's so soothing to me. And there's probably an element of nostalgia there as well. Um, well, yeah, and I think all that's justified. And I think, honestly, this is always my favorite thing of on the eve, when we record a review, and I haven't talked to other people who are, are <laughs> reviewing it, to see how the rest of the world takes it. Right. But I think for the most part, you're going to see the people who go out of their way to review this and play this are Half-Life fans, right? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I... That Half-Life, you know, when I came to IGN in 2007 was the shit. 
everyone loved Half-Life. And I think that in a lot of ways, as the churn of our industry has burned out <laughs> journalists and personalities, <laughs> you have these young faces that I don't know what their attachment is to it. And if yeah. they've been, you know, hankering for a new Half-Life, I think that this playing through this and watching this story progress, I think it will definitely make new fans, right? Like it is that thing right now of being buried in games I need for review and finishing this. And I literally finished it. And I was like, shit, I should play Half-Life 1 and 2. You know what I mean? Like, I want to play that and then replay this to get it all sunk up because mm. as soon as I finished it, it was immediately 2. I I think I know what's happening here, but let me go back and watch the, hey, here's Half-Life in five minutes and hey, here's this in the, you know, what about this cut scene? What if I watch that again? Like, piece all yeah. together because it is such an iconic game. Yeah, and I think the, the stuff that really echoed that I really loved is that stuff I sort of... Um, a lot of the the issues like with AI, for instance, feels like that type of thing that you kind of just need to do for VR, especially if there's that many enemies. Because some of the set pieces, they do the Half-Life thing where it's not just one enemy. It's There's like a three-dimensional war going on between totally. Combine and or zombies in Combine or other, uh, we won't get spoilers in Combine, all this stuff. And like, I feel like, you know, when you're doing that, the you, between the AI being relatively simplistic and also, or generous, let's say, um, or and that's and also, a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, it's kind of helping you out a little bit, right? Um, that and the ability to basically like kind of like almost blink, like tracer does, like the movement uh, that you do. If you pick, you can do locomotion and do all that stuff. I think for combat, I think I used blink the whole way through, basically after trying some of the other ones. It blinks teleport. Correct. It's, okay, it's yeah. the default one. Um, you can spam that thing and basically just like fly across a, a battleground. What um, I did, I would say three fourths of the game I played through. Locomotion is as is you actually moving, like walking, walking. Uh, it's if you press up on the D pad or up okay. on the controller, I, you will I, move. It's it's that thing where I'd forgotten. So I played three fourths of the way all locomotion, where I was moving the sticks, moving my character. Oh wow! Okay, and, and then. I think honestly, this is it was a lot of VR. And as you talked about the review embargo, it was a lot of VR in a very condensed period of time. And on like the second to last night, my eyes kind of gave out on me and I started getting that VR tummy. And I was like, oh God, what am I gonna do? And that's <laughs> yeah. when I started using Blink. Oh, and cool. Blink solved it all together. So not only and I in at the beginning it asked you to pick, right? And so I picked locomotion at the top yeah. just to have the sticks. However, you have access to Blink the entire time. So it's on oh, the Yeah, you can, okay, it, when cool. you choose that, you have both. So it was like, especially after I made the switch, I'd still, I'd start using the sticks. I'd be like, no, hold on. And then I'd blink around and figure it all out. And the fact that that's there, the fact that it's so seamless was awesome. And the fact that I was able to find a play style, even when my play style changed midway through, I thought right. it was impressive. I never get motion sickness to you. Super rarely. For me okay. in VR, like in the old days when, you know, we had to crawl before we could walk. It was, uh, right elevators right when it'd be going up in an elevator and the elevator would stop but my body felt like it should keep going because there's yeah. no gravity that's what would get me and so <laughs> i felt it, it, <laughs> i got over it obviously but in this game there's a lot of jumping down holes or like you know walking yes. so when i was doing locomotion and i would come to those moments i would close my eyes and walk oh, that's and then open my eyes when i was like eh, all right cool i'm all right <laughs> but like yeah for i i it, it wasn't even like i was like ill ill it was just like i think i was hungry and i was like i need to get through this and i played a little bit longer than i should have when my body yeah. was saying stop and so when i came back i just started using blink yeah but, i had that a couple of times too actually yeah it all worked right and that was the thing and like that is overall like i know this is a review of half-life but it is my first time ever using the index at home especially right. for 12 hours like 
that that is a fucking machine dude you know what it's i mean 100, like, 120 hertz as well makes a big difference like yeah the like it, that helps a little i think with the uh uh getting over some of that sickness stuff making it smooth right yeah, yeah. but like you know i because it was that thing of picking it up turning it on and being like i'm literally lifting up my hands I'm like oh my fingers are oh, oh right i'm using this because <laughs> like i thought the hands were screwed up like it was the sink problem it was like no i had my stupid hands <laughs> yeah. out weird right and i was like oh man like that was awesome and so trying to get used to grabbing things but not hitting the buttons not because you can't hit the buttons right. matter, but like grabbing things and like oh this is all i need to do i don't need to do the rest it was really yeah there, really so cool. there, there, there's one uh object in the game like a weapon that you basically it's like a grenade and you prime it by squeezing it and i remember there was one time i was playing where um uh, a zombie burst out of like a thing and it shocked me and i i took <laughs> i tensed up and then I heard it and I was like, oh no. And I looked down and I accidentally squeezed the grenade and just had to like throw it. Like, yeah, 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 totally. And it was like yeah. loads of those moments where there was just so many like immersive combat, immersive gameplay is always a thing we say with like immersive sims and stuff like that. But those games in their combat design have always had that, uh, that, uh, that, that quality. Um, uh, and uh, there was loads. I had, I experienced loads of that type of thing. And I kind of like the bucket on the head in Skyrim where if you, if you do certain, if you, you can sort of uh, mess around with the environment in ways that that the game actually allows you to do it. It totally. responds. And if, if it's like would... what it's what you're talking about. Of you know, just being in there and being in there and not thinking you're in a game. And right. like it was as simple as like you know, early on, I put on a gas mask and it was just yeah. on, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then <laughs> yeah. like hours, hours later, I was walking through. There's a hard hat, and I was like, wait. And I went like that hard hat bill right here. I'm like, yeah. there's, I never see my character. This doesn't matter at all what I'm wearing. And I'm like, maybe it gives me protection from head crabs. I don't know. But I was like, oh, I never thought about that. I, I wonder. This helmet. Oh my God. Later on, actually, there's a mask you can put on. I wonder yep. if that does protect you from head crabs. Yeah, I don't know, man. They did. A, they had so many little things in there that were like, oh, that's cute. That's cool. And then it was the thing of like the amount of times I would get spooked by something where it'd be like, oh, God yeah. damn. <laughs> Jeez, I, I, I did a the, the barn, barnacles are the names of the the tongues hanging. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So a lot of the game you spend, you know, same as in Half Life, you spend picking things up and throwing them onto the tongues so that they go up so that you can walk past. I remember I was shooting one. There was two of them up there, and I was. Uh, they usually take they took three bullets in the original Half Life, and they do in this as well if you do it right. Um, and I went bang, 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 and one of them started getting sick, and I was empty on my clip and the other one was just there so i just held it out and pressed click and the clip <laughs> shot out into the barnacle and it went up and i was just like fucking love this game like that's i i kept getting those moments of just like oh yeah of uh figuring stuff out and then the guy the game um allowing me to do that that uh you know emergence uh, elements that you get into my you know to me being like this is a hell of a game like the amount of I never felt like I wasted my time exploring. Yeah. I hate that in games when you, oh, there, I don't have to go that way. And you go over there and there's nothing there. You're like, oh, this is stupid. You go over there and there's at least some ammo. There's going to be resin. There's going to be whatever. It's like, all right, cool. You're rewarding me for exploring this environment you've, you, you know, taken so long to build, which is awesome. Yeah. It was, and the, the one way in this feels like very, very, very different to Half Life 1 and 2 is just that element of virtual reality where you were so much more close and intimate with your environment. Yeah. Uh, so the actual design of like there's a sort of a strange uncanny uh, valley between this and the old games where 
the lighting is so much better. The models are so much better. Um, so the combine soldiers look slightly different and the, the head crabs look slightly different than they did before, yeah, which is yeah. of course, cause it's been like, you know, it's I been a it's while. Been, it's been uh, 10 years at least, I think, or around 10 years since episode two came out. So yeah, it's a, uh, so that happens, but just the environment design, like level does in terms of level design, this game is, is right up there at half-life one and two. It's, it's immaculate. Some of the set piece design in this is unbelievable. We'll talk about that one level. I'm sure. Um, but just this in terms keep of teasing, <laughs> oh God, stay uh, tuned gamers. There's a cool level talk. coming. <laughs> up. Uh, but just in terms of environmental design from an aesthetic perspective, it's absolutely tremendous. Just like gorgeous, like having all this, like, uh, you know, alien goo and like tentacles and like even the, the hacking mini game you do with your, with Alex's thing, just the way all that interface works and it like the way it like has that ambient light. It's just gorgeous. It's I like, it's I, I took very few notes, but one of the notes I have in here is like, sorry, Bioshock. Like these are the best hacking mini games I've it's ever so played good. in the game. I got excited every time I had to hack something because there's multiple different ones and all of them are like, Oh, this is cool. And it feels futuristic, right? When you totally. grab the giant ball globe or whatever and you start moving things around it's, and yeah. things coming other ways, like, yeah, this is really neat. Yeah, that game totally would be good. like a fun game. And and it keeps changing the rules in ways that again, there's no there's hardly any to every once in a while there's a prompt that comes up on your thing that tells you how to re, you know stick a grenade on the front of the shop yeah, or yeah. something like that. But like it so much of this stuff is just it's teaching you by just showing you. Uh, it's, it's really impressive. something else. I, I we haven't really talked about the 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 her using her multi tool to all the electronic stuff. Yep, it's just like that could have been a VR game on its own. Yeah, just tracing lines back, spinning them around these puzzles, and figuring out how to get electricity from one thing to the other. Yeah, it's amazing that and like the way in which that you know evolves throughout the game. We're using different colored wires and. And then putting your hands in places where you can't see, like just the funny ways they do things where they feel like you're putting your hands in a spider's nest sometimes, yeah, you know, yeah. there's just so many like novel moments like that, which, uh, yeah, just get, the game never felt boring. Every new level, just like Half-Life, every level had something interesting, whether a new weapon, a new enemy, a new type of environment, a new way of interacting with the world through virtuality, um, a set piece, a puzzle. There was always something. It, it, it felt exactly like Half-Life 1 and 2 in that respect, where it's just like pacing done perfectly. 100%. Uh, final question I want before we get into spoilery stuff comes from Billy Byte. Do you think there will ever be a non-VR version of Half-Life, Alex? Considering what you played, is a non-VR version even possible, or would remove v- or would removing VR completely break the game? I. Th- uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah. I think if this game wasn't in VR, it would be infinitely less interesting. This I game agree. is not only is it like clearly built to take advantage of VR in terms of a first-person game, just a keyboard, mouse, controller, FPS game. In 2020, the environments are small. There's not that many uh, uh, enemies at any one time. Uh, the puzzles are so based upon physicality, yeah. um, and the world is so uh, dense and immersive that if you were to do that with a mouse and keyboard, it it just wouldn't work. You'd be flying around as well. Like mouse and keyboard controls, like when you're running in an FPS, you're running at about 2.5 speed of a regular person. If you're walking, you're you're going way, way faster. So it would just feel ridiculous. Someone will hack it, I'm sure, and they'll try and play it. You'll see how bad it would be. I don't see, I don't see them ever um, 
retconning or uh, or what would you say re remastering rebuilding remaster- I yeah, know. in into a mouse and keyboard it would basically make you'd have to fund them yeah it just wouldn't work it even if you did me- the work technically it wouldn't work in terms of you know it, it would lose the magic of what it is because yeah. you're talking about it with it being that immersion it is like even if you were like mouse and keyboard or controller or whatever and you're using motion controls to scan the walls like you know and you've seen videos of people playing vr they think they look cool they look like morons if you're in your <laughs> living room doing this like trying to it would be like no this isn't working with the omni tool yeah like like when you're scanning the wall is one thing but then one of the things a lot of things you have to do in this game and involve having hands so like doing things like holding something up and grabbing something or or ratcheting something or you know throwing an ob- there's lots of this game where you have to do something with one hand and like throw things you know all the puzzles are based upon not just uh using your hands but like there's the there's gameplay in the arc of the throw if you're playing a game with a mouse and keyboard or with a controller and you're throwing something you're hitting x to throw or so you're hitting square to throw right maybe yeah. you can somehow do the power of the throw by holding down more or less right when you're throwing a game in virtual reality you are literally picking the point at which it leaves your hand the angle and the strength and in half-life alex there is uh all of those things combine to make a result so everything in the game becomes infinitely less interesting if you take away the hands not just you know grabbing things or shooting everything does so i i i don't think it will i don't think it will but i am after playing this game i am and seeing how much work they put into it and uh, everything else we'll talk about in the spoiler section i am more confident that there will that this is the start of more half-life than i've ever been which I think that's maybe the most exciting thing about it. Ooh, la la. Well, what a transition. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. But before we get into our spoiler-filled discussion, let's hear from our sponsor. The Kind of Funny Games cast is brought to you by Honey. Online shopping is supposed to be easy, so why is it so hard to find coupons that actually work? Thanks to Honey, it doesn't have to be. Honey is the free online shopping tool that saves you money online. Honey automatically finds the best promo codes and applies them to items in your cart, which makes online shopping finally feel as easy as it's supposed to be. Imagine you're shopping at one of your favorite sites, Target, Best Buy, Sephora, etc. When you check out, this little box drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds for it to scan every promo code on the internet and watch the prices drop. Uh, as you know, we use Honey here. I do. Tim does. I believe Kevin does. Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong. I love it. Exactly. Uh, it's super simple. Yeah, you download it once. It's in, I use Chrome. It's in my Chrome browser right there next to my little logo. And whenever I shop anywhere, I can click it or it, as it does automatically, it pops up and goes, hold on, runs promo codes, puts them in there, saves me money. It's great. I just bought an Aver thing back there. I don't know if you can see it on my thing to stream games from here. And guess what? Honey found me a discount on that because Honey is awesome. It had a whole bunch of new egg things on there. Um, Honey has found it's over 18 million members, over $2 billion in savings. Did you know Honey supports over 30,000 stores online and they're adding more every day? Users love Honey. That's why it has over 100,000 five-star reviews on Google Chrome. Not using Honey is literally passing up free money. It's free to use and installs in just two clicks. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kinda. That's joinhoney.com slash kinda. All right. This is it. Your last chance, ladies and gentlemen, to turn this off and not have any of Half-Life Alex spoiled for you. You have had all the warnings in the world. I'm giving you your <laughs> warning now to touch you if you're even if you're driving a car. Plenty of time to pull over the shoulder, tap the little iPod, and it over there. All right? 
We're good. Don't watch this. Come back, obviously. Don't watch this until you did it. All right. Great. Danny, where do you want to start? Should we start? Should we should we ramp into the spoilers? Just go kind of slowly but surely. No, or do just you jump in like cold water? Just you jump want to go in. straight in? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about that level then first. How about that? Okay, Jeff. Jeff. Dude. What I was like, like it is... if they're gonna name a, a level after Jeff Keeley, spell his name right. <laughs> At least get it right. And then Park <laughs> no, uh, then uh, the Park Ranger from Firewatch starts talking like <laughs> Campo Santo, you're all over this game. Dude, like it is uh, yeah, you said it right. It's the best level I've played in forever. Like, I can't th- think of a level that stood out to me like this stands out to me. But then it's like also this weird best survival horror game yeah. in forever built into Half Life Alex. It's like it's like Resident Evil Nemesis or some or like or like Resident Evil Two. What's his face? Right, who comes after you? That it's like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Mr. X. Mr. X mixed with um, like the clickers from The Last of Us. Yep. It's. So Jeff is basically just a mutated worker in a vodka plant, uh, and you're trying to make your way through the level, uh, and he's basically unable to see anything. He can only hear stuff. And his hearing's Uh, great. His hearing's... You can walk around him, and he won't hear you really. But there's loads of things in the environment that make noise, uh, and there's also vodka bottles everywhere that you can just pick up and throw, and he'll go in that direction. Um, and, and I think, you know, key to the setup, right, was, uh, and I know he's from Mad Men, too. I, do you remember this actor's name that I'm talking of? The guy from, the the park ranger from Firewatch, but then also the guy from Mad Men. Doesn't matter. He's the first human you see in forever, right? Like, when when I walked in and heard his, he's like, hey, and I was like, oh, I'd have to shoot this guy. <laughs> oh, he's just a normal dude. And he's like, yeah, hey, welcome to the thing, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, look out for Jeff, though, and gives you this introduction, shows you by smashing something. He's like, it is an idiot. Don't worry about it. Bye. And runs away. You're like. All right, but then getting into this and then learning, yeah, exactly that. Okay, if I don't, oh, I don't have to move and he'll be all right. Okay, how do I do this? What do I do? This is when I was, I just started using Blink too. So I was like, this is very helpful in this instance. But then the ways they keep ratcheting it, right? Of like, there's this, you know, this, these spores mist that's being kicked out and it'll make you cough. And so when you start coughing, he obviously runs to that until they're told, they tell you to hold your mouth or your hand over your mouth. And so then, and it does know, it. It animates the, the the hand over the mouth. And, and again, this one is hand like, or the other hand. We're so late in the game that this gets introduced and is like a oh my god, like what the hell? They made all this for this one thing, and it is walking around with your hand covered, trying to be quiet. Like you're suddenly, you know, in a quiet place. You know what I mean? Right. You are Emily Blunt, hand over your mouth, walking around doing it, and it was like oh my god, that's brilliant. It's simultaneously the scariest and funniest level in the game i think just in terms of pure design because what they keep making you do to get through the level involves making a shitload of noise so at one stage you have to like crank something so you have to like throw a a bottle through a window which gets him far enough away that you can crank this thing as fast as possible and then at one point, you like you can like get him locked in a freezer cupboard, basically. But then you're doing the hacking thing to you know he's locked away, he's fine, he's not going anywhere, right? You're, I've I've solved Jeff, and then you're doing this uh, you know uh, electricity puzzle, and the, the wire goes into the freezer, and you're like, you have God got to be it. kidding me! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and, and and then that, and then it's just between that, it just keeps ratcheting it over and over and- again. You're stuck in more ridiculous situations. 
with, with and this. It, and it was the brilliance of it, right? Of like, again, I'm I'm going through, I'm like playing this like Fallout. I'm going through every drawer in this game. I'm yeah. getting every resource I can. And so, yeah, like, oh, Jeff's all the way over there. Don't have to worry about it. And I throw open this thing and I see the vodka bottle roll at me. I'm like, you fuckers. And I try to catch it. I can't. It smashes and I run and hide. And like, it was so well done. It's like what you're talking about. Yeah, where it was this mix of, being terrifying and being so much fun to play yeah and even like you know at the when, towards the end of the level when you're trying to set up the three different power couplings right to then open up the like you have to keep going back and it was that original thing when i got there and i thought i was done with jeff and i looked at this and i was like god damn it and then yeah. like after you get the first one I'm like i got this like how am i gonna do this like okay do this do that blah, blah. yeah so the good. last the last one was really funny where you had to you wheel from this like piece of barbed uh, uh, rebar, you know, yeah, rebar, and then stick it through another one so you could crank it a little bit and r- have this thing roll out. And it's just—I remember at one stage I had my mouth covered for so long. Um, and she—I actually did it earlier in the game, and I was like level two. I did it by accident, and I was like, "Oh, I wonder why she wants to be quiet." Um, and then I was thinking, "Oh, I wonder if you could bring one of those gas masks from yep. the earlier levels because there's none of them in there." You actually end up seeing one immediately after. No, like, dude, there's one in there. Oh, there is. Did you use it? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. It totally worked. You're it was kidding, in that. It was in that same room where the vodka bottle ro- ro- rolled oh. out. At some point, I opened a drawer and found it, and I was like, "Put it on." And I walked right to the spores, and I was like, "Fucking bravo, Valve!" Because okay? again, like that's why the game is something special because yeah. it is. And I know it's such a tired thing, but if you see it, you can do it. Kind of thing. Like you're not. It, it was rare for me, and it, and I can't think of an example. I guess so. Maybe it didn't even happen where I was like. I should be able to break this glass and I can't. That's bullshit. Instead, it was like, oh, I can break that glass. Yeah, oh, here's no. a wooden crate. And I'd like drop it lightly and it wouldn't break. And I'd be like, oh, wait a second. Well, bam. And it would shatter. And I was like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. That's exactly how it should react. Yeah. It's uh, there's that whole level was just that to me was when that Half Life special sauce works, where it's not just one thing, where they've layered three or four different things. There's the spores, there's him with the, the sound. There's, you know, being able to cover your mouth. There's not really being able to use your guns at all because you'll come after you. Like, just so many considerations that you're thinking of. Yeah. Uh, Like the puzzle of Jeff, right? It it just, like, there was one one of those things you had to pull out. I think I pulled... I pulled the thing and the barnacle took it up and dropped a bunch of stuff or something. It just noise kept happening. And at one stage I I put my my face up to my mouth for so long and it left. And when I put my hand down, Alex said, I hate you, Jeff. Did you hear her say that? <laughs> no, I never did that. <laughs> yeah. I had the hand up for, I, I think by that stage you might have had the or maybe it's because it yeah, she like muttered breath. God, I hate you, Jeff. <laughs> That's awesome. That is yeah. so fucking cool. It was amazing. Yeah, and like that, and like even uh, like yeah, the game, dude. It's just it, it does so much right. It's such a great time. It is hell and, of a game. And there's loads of levels before that that we didn't get into earlier. There's definitely one level that is Ravenhold equivalent of this game, the sort of horror one, which is when you first get your flashlight and you're doing a lot totally. of like exploring in the dark and you have this this flashlight. And, um, and it's that perfect way they do it, right? Where literally a minute and a half before I was like, fuck, it's dark. Yeah. I wish I had a flashlight. And then I got the flashlight and I'm doing this and doing that. It's like, I'm like, bravo, Valve, bravo. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you, that's, that is like how you talk about like designing gameplay to a T. Where the yeah. moment I'm like, I should have this, they give it to me. So I know I have that need, I have that want, and then I get it. And it's like, oh, yeah, great. There's one level which I alluded to in the first half. 
which is uh, where you come up and it's basically a, you come down an elevator, you open up the, the the shutter, and it's basically a room full of exploding barrels with trip mines in it. Yeah, uh, which is a level from Half Life One. It was a way oh, really? bigger one. Yeah, and you had to jump over stuff. You did like basically it was like a jumping puzzle. Um, uh, and in that one, yeah, you can go around and, and hack hack a bunch of them. I think there's a way through without hacking them. I'm sure there is. I tried to figure it out, but I couldn't. Um, yeah, that was the thing. Like, uh, I, you know, opening those doors and having that, they give you the abilities and take them away in interesting ways yes. where yeah, you, you go downstairs and yeah, it's just, you know, gas cans everywhere. And it's like, all right, cool. I can't fire my gun in here. <laughs> right. So what am I going to do? Yeah, that whole, yeah, there was one, yeah, where you explode. And at one stage, one of the barnacles picks up one of the barrels. And I was like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. You die. That's yeah, it. yeah. It's just. Uh, can we talk about some of the enemies that, that are new and ones that are? I would, yeah, because I don't know them, so that's right. great. Like I knew barnacles. I know head crabs, obviously. Yeah, and the combiner were there before. The heavy combine there was equivalent in one of the episodes, um, but I think that specific one with the shield wasn't in it before. Okay. Um, the and like to your point, the shield dude I felt was specifically designed for VR, right? Yes, because he's got the gatling gun on you and you're like well i'm fucking dead and the, or the maybe he's the shotgun and then he'd throw up that shield and sit there and wait and you're right. like okay here's a chance for me to fuck around get my thing reloaded run away yeah there's two heavies right there's one that has the shield and there's another one that doesn't i don't know how yeah they yeah, yeah, yeah um the head crabs with the 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 hard shells and the bellies they're new okay uh, the sort of turtle head crab looking ones yeah um the ant lines were returning they were uh russell called them leggies like i love uh, that so much like, so you do know ant lions yeah they're called leggies <laughs> yeah he's like ant lions or oh, they're like they're like tiny like ants he's like no no no. so they're like they're like lions and that's like a good point like it's they, why are they called ant lions it's a stupid yeah. name um uh yeah so the the um the vortigaunts were in it again but only as one character i think you didn't fight them same as half-life 2 and half-life 1 you were fighting the vortigaunts the the weird guys who kind of the alex vance exactly yeah they were they were the main enemies in half-life 1 uh, or at least in the sort of the second uh third of that game they um, was in the, i enjoyed you know not knowing anything about them i enjoyed their introduction i enjoyed like when i got to the right to go into their little hole and there was like that cave painting yeah and i walked over and even i'm like well that's gordon freeman <laughs> you know what i mean like what's going on here and you get in there and there's this person that seems like dr manhattan right existing out of time <laughs> being able to talk i was like yeah okay <laughs> totally yeah um i'm trying to think what other enemies were, were in it that were uh, the Strider you fight near the end. Every Half Life has to have a Strider fight at the end, I guess. Yeah. Um, or every Half Life uh, Two they were introduced into. Um, that was one of my few complaints gameplay wise. Where in the, when I got to the cannon section of that, right. For some reason, and it might just be the way I had it set up, and that's VR. But like, yeah, I might, when I reached down to try to do it, my hand would wig out. So there was like, oh, perfect yeah. I was like, God damn it, like trying to do it, but like you know, got through it no problem. But yeah, I'm trying. I can't think of any other. There's only four weapons in the game. Most of them are the pistol looks like the pistol from Half-Life 2. Sure. Um, the shotgun, shotgun was a different shotgun. The combine gun was basically the combine gun. I think they remodeled it or something. Um, and then was that it? Was it Omni tool, yeah. Your Omni tool is your fault. She had that in Half-Life episode two. She was she would use that on doors. That's um, awesome. Uh, but it, so the then, hacking stuff was all new. As uh, Mr. Half-Life here, yeah. when they get to the point and they say, "Oh my God, it's a prison." It's they have Gordon Freeman. What did yeah. you think? Did you think that was because obviously that doesn't line up with what you know? I didn't know, so I was right. like, "Oh shit!" Did did she save him? I don't, I never knew that. Yeah. So eventually, they get you get to a place where you conversation between who I think is Judith Mossman, who ends up betraying you in Half Life Two, talking to one of the um, 
combine, I forget what they're called. Are they overlords? They're essentially the big slugs that sort of control um, everything. Uh, she's talking to one of them uh, via like a video phone or something. You can only barely see it. And you see her she, silhouette, yeah, while she talks yeah, you about see her it. She has that great line of like, what about this girl so far makes you think you're going to stop her? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then they allude to saying that they have um, uh, Gordon Freeman, or I forget, either maybe Eli tells you or something. Um, he, yeah, they. I think you put it, she says something about like how impressive or important this person is in what he's already done. And they right. they fill in the gaps and like, holy shit, I think it's Gordon Freeman. Yeah, Gordon's in there. And so you kind of... Uh, to me, I was shocked because I was like, okay, then how Maybe, come- well, you know, I think I'm wrong. I think they may, they did come to that conclusion before this conversation, but the conversation is in a way that drives it home to them that they're right. Right, exactly. Um, uh, so I was thinking, okay, well, when Alex meets Gordon at the start of uh, Half-Life 2, at the end of like the second chapter, um, it's the first time they've met. Uh, and they're like, why are you doing back here and all this sort of, or, you know, where have you been and all that sort of stuff. So I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. Like, are they how are they going to fit this in? Like, are they going to try and rewrite something? Like, surely not. Are they going to, is it like, does, does Alex end up like losing her memory or like, or, or or does, do they not end up ever actually physically meeting? So the conversation still makes sense. You know what I mean? Like they, or, or is that a nod? Like, Gordon Freeman, I presume, you know what I mean? When she says that at the start, like, so I was, I was kind of, mostly I was just like fucking excited because I was like, oh, whoa, wait a second. It suddenly turned from, this is a game in the Half-Life universe to, oh, this is like giving new context to Half-Life 2. Like they're they're in the shit now. They're telling you what's going on and, and they're going to go further, surely. Um, and they do. <laughs> uh, should do we get into it? That? Yeah, sure. sure. Um, so the final chapter is called Point Extraction. Uh, the first chapter of Half-Life 2 is called Point Insertion. So this was, I was like, okay, they're, this is literally, they're going to bridge the gap between the two games now. You enter, um, I forget what it's, what was it called? The prison? The, the floating thing Citadel, that's in the trailer? Right? No, no uh... the Citadel's the one in Half-Life 2. Um, I forget what this thing's called. It's the thing you're basically, the vault. Yeah, you're the trying, vault. That's right. you're trying right, to get right. to this floating thing. It was in the trailer. You eventually uh, making it, force it to crash on the ground. It ain't floating no more. Uh-uh. Took, you spend most Which, of the game trying to make it not float. And real quick too, Another line of like laugh out loud dialogue, I thought, when she gets up there and she's like, How compliment kitty could it be? Oh crap. And like it comes up and it's like a million handles. It's like, ah, oh, Jesus. There's a lot of really good like big set piece explosions with like trains crashing and things yeah. exploding and like uh, they do bombast really well. Um, the amount of times too when that would happen, like in this very specific thing when the explosion starts, and I did this yes. for no reason, like just yeah. naturally, like, oh right, I'm not really here. <laughs> um yeah, you can't feel the heat of the, the explosion, right? Yeah. Um, so you end up entering it and then the level is this sort of, it starts off as this bizarre sort of Twin Peaks, non-Euclidean, uh, uh, I don't know, like ex- exploration, like test where you're, you're going from room to room and they're mirroring each other, like, uh, like something out of, uh, um, that Christopher Nolan interstellar, right? Like, it's like yeah. that. It's like, what's going on? Um, and then you end up gaining this new, you come out of that section uh, where no weapons. Kind of, Your weapons were taken away when you went up in the tractor beam. All gone. This is all echoing the end of Half-Life 2, basically, which is that Gordon enters the Citadel, goes into the top of it. His gravity, all his weapons are gone, but his gravity gun gets this ability to pick up humans for the first time. It's like a big reveal at the end of Half-Life 2. Um, sorry, spoilers for Half-Life 2, everyone. Um, but the uh, 
in this you end up being able to harvest electricity into your hands like like sort of magneto style yeah and throw it I, it actually took me a minute or two to figure out how to do that I, I, right well, yeah because you're in that room full of the things and i i would see the orange and i'm like what do they want me and i finally pulled it off and i was like boom and i was like oh shit this is yeah. awesome <laughs> so then you end up becoming just like meteor hands like bombarding people with with electricity um and that you do that for a little while, and then you get to the end, and you get to um, the center of uh, the the vault. The cells there, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a cell. There's somebody standing there, and I immediately knew who it was. I was yeah. like, "Oh, this makes sense. This makes sense for Half Life Two. If this is what was going on." And um, did you know who that was, or what was going on? When we got there, and it was clear that it, and it opened up, and I was like, I knew the face. I knew. You know, I, first off, he. I, it, I wonder how many people are going to be hip to the game before they get there if they're thinking of the fact that you saw that trailer with G-Man in it. Right. And I, because I, as somebody who doesn't know anything, I totally forgot about that until he popped up in game. I'm like, oh, right. And so when he popped up, I knew he was a bad guy and I knew he was important to the Half-Life, but I didn't know anything about him. I had to go read later. Yeah. So it's kind of, uh, it was, uh, well, I, from his silhouette from behind him, I could tell it was right away with, it, with the, because you also, you've never, Gordon Freeman has never been shown in third person in Half-Life. There are no cutscenes. You never see anything from anyone else's perspective. Um, you, you see his model in Half-Life Deathmatch if you look at like a, if you see people running around. Sure. So, so you smash the thing open and then it goes into basically, the G-Man thing is that he always transports you into this random void area and talks around you and shit, right? That's like his thing he did in Half-Life 1 at the end of that. Half-Life 2, does, the game opens with him basically getting Gordon out of whatever stasis, stasis he's in. Yeah. yeah. So this is basically G-Man saying like, so they obviously were keeping G-Man there, the Vortigaunts or the Combine were, sorry, Combine. because they were worried that he would influence things. Because the G-Man, for people who don't know, is effectively, he works for some type of, it's his benefactor, some, some he, he speaks in ways that humans understand, but basically he is an instrument of change that is able to... Um, pull quantum strings and make things happen in certain ways. So the seven uh, arrow war, uh, the events of Black Mesa, all of this stuff was engineered by somebody and the G-Man was the person who sort of kicked into action. So when he turns up, you're like, oh, okay. So they were worried about him getting out because he's going to get Gordon out, which is then Half-Life 2, right? Yeah. But then the conversation takes a turn where he's basically saying like, I can nudge things. What would you like me to nudge? He's like, I owe you, right, for going through all this and getting right. me. I owe you a favor. What do you want? I, I owe you, or this is G-Man just existing without time and everything that's happening, and this was always the way it was meant to happen. Yeah. Who knows, right? So he basically says, what would you like to have nudged? And she was like, get the combine off Earth. And he was like, that's a pretty big nudge. And also, my benefactors might not want that, um, my employers. Um, he was like, how about if I gave you something you don't know you want yet? So... One of the big driving factors of this game is that she's terrified for Eli's safety. We didn't Her really dad. talk about the stars, but yeah, Eli Vance, who is uh, a character from Half Life One, kind of who they because we're recon into Half Life Two, is this this uh, this character. He's a he's a, a big character in Half Life Two. Um, she's worried about his safety all the time. For people who don't know, at the end of Half Life Episode Two, he is killed by one of those slug things, and the game basically ends on a cliffhanger with Alex saying, "Don't leave me." And then it fades to black. And that's the last Half-Life we ever got. And I was going to say, that was 13 years ago. And even me, who am not, I'm not a Half-Life guy, I know that scene. Yes. Like I, that's one of those cliffhangers you talk about in games that like, oh, I get it. I know that something bad, you know, that this happened. 
totally. And it's like there's a certain amount of poetic cruelty in the fact that she says, "Don't leave me" before this, the franchise left everyone. <laughs> so, uh, so he hands her a briefcase, and she grabs it, and it fucking transports you to the end of Half Life Two, Episode Two. And I literally, the hair stood on my sh- on my hands. I literally gasped. I was like, "There's no, I they're not doing this." I can't believe they're going to try and do this. They're going to like not only make a Half-Life game, but they're going to try and fix the gap. They're going to try and fix the trilogy. They're going to try and solve the question, which is everyone's problem, which is how did they make another Half-Life being episode three? Like we're in this moment. And he basically... So, to sorry. go back, you because you said this in text to me last night, and I think I understand based on the earlier conversation we were having. When you talk about fix it, fix the trilogy, make half... You're talking about the fact that so much of that team is gone. Right. So much of the team has gone. The story as it was meant to be told, it's just they it's really difficult for a development studio to make like an echo of a game, right? Like sure. Half-Life Episode 3 was largely apparently meant meant to take place on the Borealis, which is referenced a lot in the Portal games. Um it was supposed to end this arc, right? That they'd been talking about over those three games. And it would just I think it's really hard for any team to make that game now because the technology has changed because they're basically going to spend years telling someone else a story. Like, and also all it does is close out a story. It doesn't really start a new story. It's, it's the final chapter of a trilogy, which most of the time is the most boring part of the trilogy, right? Sure. It's, it's fan service. So, and no one thought they'd ever go back and make a Half-Life Episode 3 or a Half-Life 3. And a lot of the reason wasn't just because people thought they'd never make another Half-Life. It was because they'd sort of we have the term in Europe, snooker yourself, where they've, they've, they've put themselves in a position where it's difficult to get out of it. There's no easy okay. fix to Half-Life. So by going here, I was like, oh, they're going to continue this. Like, we're back here at the end of Half-Life Episode 2. They're going to continue the story. And what they did next was actually, was not that, and way crazier, and completely took me by surprise. Um, do you want me to walk through it? Hell yeah. So he basically, you still got your electric hand powers. He's saying, you know, nudge, I think he says, or something. And you fire your hands before the slug gets to Eli. You kill the slug and Eli's okay. And then he pauses time again. Or I think Eli says something like, are you okay, honey? Or something like that. He talks to you again. Um, And then time is paused again. G-Man comes in and says, this one will continue this one has died, right? We've we've saved this life and killed killed this one. Um, and he, he, did you you take it as the slug? Yes, the slug. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when we get to the after credit scene, I was then confused of wait, did did we just whatever? Go ahead. Okay, we'll I, don't, I, don't, we'll... I don't think it's that, but I don't know okay. what happened. So what happens next is basically what happened at the end of half. Oh, you, you, cut out, you cut out. Sorry. What happens next happened at. Oh, what happens next is what happened at the end of Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2, which is that G-Man pulls out the protagonist. At the end of Half-Life 1, he said, wow, you were like really good at getting out of Black Mesa. Like we didn't want you doing it really, but like you'll be useful. And he basically says like, you're, you, can, you can decide to work with us or you'll die and you make a choice and it's, you, you end up going with him. At the end of Half-Life 2, same things happens. You blow up the Citadel. He basically transports you out of there. He also transports Alex, I think. And and it comes up with text saying, you know, subject, Gordon Freeman, such and such and such. So he does the same thing for you. He's like, well, you've clearly proven yourself incredibly useful. You're able to do all of this stuff. Um, we're going to need you again. So he pulls her out and then it comes up, subject, Alex Vance, da-da-da-da-da, you know, 
next mission on you know classified or we don't know yet credits roll it's amazing all the names comes up i'm, I'm clapping with my vibes on um, <laughs> and then there's a post-credit scene where suddenly you're back and i look at my hands and they're the hev suit gloves and i'm like what what okay i'm gordon and it's eli basically saying like where did alex disappear to like where's she gone but obviously g-man's pulled her out at that stage and he's like uh what are we going to do um and then i think dog jumps in who's uh Alex's, big robot thing, yeah, yeah big robot thing um hands him the crowbar and basically eli says something to the fact of like are you ready to continue or something and holds out the crowbar and i've never grabbed anything in a video game so hard in my life i just grabbed the crowbar and held it there and then it just fades to black and i was like okay they basically changed the end of half-life episode two but they've also managed to make episode three not episode three it's now something else yeah they've we've changed time this is all uncharted territory we don't know what's going to happen next um and also they let you be gordon freeman in vr for a second so i'm now i'm like my mind is going crazy because in my in my head i'm thinking this was a fantastic game i want them to make more half-life in virtual reality but would they make a uh would they make a non-vr one of this it's like i i'm fascinated to see how fans are going to react to this because i i have no idea and that was the thing again even not being a fan being just a casual casual a casual half-life person you know a gamer right by trade or whatever but like I knew the I knew how much that moment meant of grabbing the fucking crowbar and being like, holy shit. And see, what I got confused on is I didn't catch the dialogue of him taking her away as taking her away. I took it as something. I almost took it for like the soul stone in Avengers, like a, a soul for a soul, where I was right. like, wait, did, it, did she die in his place or whatever? But he didn't seem broken up about it. He seemed angry about it. So I was like, no, I don't think so. Yeah, it, it, it's maybe, it, maybe if you don't have and the context for it it doesn't yeah. make sense maybe um but uh yeah i it, it's it's fascinating it it's i just have a million and one questions i just want to go back and play it again and i'm just like i'm i'm like shocked and like so i don't know i i just try not to like get there are very very few games that i have a very strong like emotional attachment to and it's been like a shit week you know yeah. what i mean been yeah, like yeah. like it's bad like things are bad and i cannot tell you how good it was to see them stick the landing yeah i never thought it would happen i never in a million years even all the pre the press before this they've been very reserved and very like downplaying things and i think that was exactly the right thing to do i think they under promised and over delivered on this i i as 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 a game i loved it i think the first half feels a bit more normal VR game. I think the yeah. second half of the game feels like that it becomes Half-Life. And then by the end, it literally like plugs with Half-Life. And that's what it felt like for me, where like at the start, it was a VR game. At the end, it was Half-Life and it got, it got there. And by the end, it is, it's basically an integral part of the Half-Life narrative now. It's, it's oh arguably God, the yeah, most no important way. one. Yeah. It's, what, uh, is, what is your prediction? Is the next one more VR? Is it a standalone thing? Do you have to wait a long time for it? I think they will. There's two. I think there's a couple of different elements here. I think one, they now have a reality first person games. So the next one should be easier. 
So um, wait, hold on. You broke up again. You said sorry. I said uh, they now have a pipeline within the student person game, which I think is going to be make a big difference, right? Okay. So I think that's one thing in its favor. Um. I think a lot will depend on market, uh, how this well game does, sure, not just sure. in terms of sales, because Valve are a very rich uh, a private company, <laughs> but also but also in terms of the reception from fans, whether or not there's a thirst thirst for it. They're also releasing the the new um, hammer and like uh, like source SDK with this, with the new Vive um, SDK. So I think I think they're hoping that there's going to be a big public. Um, you know, modding scene around this new tech, new finger stuff, all that. Like, I think there'll be some really interesting work done by fans within this engine. Um, and I think we'll we'll see. I hope, I hope they do more VR stuff. I would play this stuff over and over. I will. I will play this stuff over and over again. Probably yeah. on Twitch because not a lot of people are going to be able to actually experience this themselves. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, I think Half-Life, I think, I don't know if it'll be VR or whether or not it'll be a 2D screen game, a normie, right? But, <laughs> One of those old games from 2019. <laughs> but for the first time ever, like, Greg, it feels like they're going to keep making Half-Life games. It, and it's, it hasn't felt that way in a decade. But it, there's no way they don't make... Like, and now we'll forward to like 13 years from now and I'm still like waiting for my new <laughs> Half-Life game. But it really feels like they, they have gotten over the hump and that now they are free to do whatever they want in a weird way with this because there's no expectation for the next one. God knows what it's going to be. We don't even know what what you know genre it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's it's awesome. It's it's a it's a fascinating, fun time to be a Half Life fan right now. And I just I really hope people get to experience this um, as many people do as possible because uh, it's really something else. It's a hell of a game, man. That's how I keep describing it, right? And I think you, you know, encapsulate it so well in terms of this ramp up and this ride to it. Where, you know, when I think about Jeff, when I think about taking on the Strider, when I think about uh, going into the vault and having it be that weird world where I'm following, that ghost keeps appearing. And it was like, this is fucking rad. And it's, it would have been rad from the start period, but it's rad because I did so much, not mundane things, but hey, this is what you've done in VR before. And now we're escalating out into something different and new. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's weird to look back. And I was looking through because I'm like uh, looking at all my gameplay. I captured most of it and, and going back and being like, oh my God, yeah, like I forgot about that. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Every, every room had something interesting in it. I was never like, board and just yeah i was never like oh it's another one of these things right yeah like there's the one the one uh it's the jeff level but it's not the part where you're hiding from jeff or anything but where you're going through all the different blown out floors and i remember leaping across and leaping across and then being like wait there's a little coat closet there and leaping back and like opening the door just to see what's in here and there was like some resin or whatever i was like cool yeah and i think a vodka bottle rolls out when you there's always yeah, something there, some trap. Yeah, there's always some. Yeah, the hotel was a great level for just exploring yeah. bits and bobs. Oh, did you play the piano? No. There's a piano in the lobby of the hotel, and you play with your finger. I okay. did like Frere Jacques on it. I tried to do chopsticks, but I, I don't know chopsticks. But you can literally, <laughs> you can literally play the, the piano. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Half Life Alex is pretty cool, eh, Danny? Yeah. Can't believe it. Can't believe it came out. Can't believe they stuck to landing. It's, uh, it's something special.
Ladies and gentlemen, what do you think of Half-Life Alex? If you've made it this far, you listened to me, right? And played it and didn't spoil yourself for no reason. Let us know in the comments below. Then, of course, share the video with your friends. Like, subscribe, all that jazz. YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Podcast services around the globe. This, of course, is the Kind of Funny Games cast each and every week. We gather around this table coming to talk about video games that we love and think you will too. Uh, go ahead to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can be part of the show. You can get the show ad free. You can get it with the exclusive post show. That's right, Danny. There's more to do. Post show stuff where we can talk about whatever we want, I guess. I don't Fantastic. Okay. Love it. Okay. Absolutely. I'll, I'll uh, be back in 13 years for the next one. Anyway. That'll be me interviewing your kid. <laughs> you, you totally. will, we'll be going to you. Uh, Danny, where can people keep up with you? Uh, ask Daniel Dwyer on Twitter. Uh, follow our slash no clip video there you go you cut out no clip video that's the one no clip video that's it your mic was great for the majority of the show and now we're getting to the part where it's just like i'm or not even mic i guess connection dude quarantine in this day and age i just suspect my wife is watching some 90 day fiance downstairs or something (laughs) she's just screaming everything totally (laughs) all right we got a post show to do but until next time ladies and gentlemen it's been our pleasure to serve you